All right, well, as we get ready for the Word of God this morning, I want you to remain standing with me as we go to the book of Matthew, chapter 12, verse 9. And I want to thank you all for being here. I have an exciting word for you guys. But it's found in Matthew, chapter 12, verse 9 through 13. And this is what the Word of God says. And Jesus went over to the synagogue where he noticed a man with a deformed hand. The Pharisees asked Jesus, does the law permit a person to work by healing on the Sabbath? They were hoping he would say yes so they could bring charges against him. And he answered, if you had a sheep that fell into a well on the Sabbath, wouldn't you work to pull him out? Of course you would. And how much more valuable is a person than a sheep. Yes, the law permits a person to do good on the Sabbath. And then he said to this man, hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand and it was restored just like the other one. And I want to speak to you for a moment this morning on this subject. I'm dealing with it. Come on, everyone say that with me. I'm dealing with it. But can you say it with some anger? If you're going through life right now and it's frustrating, could you just say, Pastor, I'm dealing with it. All right, I want you to turn to your neighbor right now. Don't get a little awkward and just tell them right now for me. Just tell them, deal with it. Amen. All right. Doesn't that feel good? All right, let's pray. <laughs> Someone said, help me deal with it, Pastor. I like that. <laughs> let's pray. Father, we just pray in Jesus' name you would help us to deal with it. Father, I just pray that you would help me to preach, to understand what you're doing in our lives, Lord. Because there are some things that are hard to deal with. So I just pray, Lord, that you would help us and bless the service in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. You guys can have a seat for a moment as we get into this word this morning on the subject, I'm dealing with it. I was reading this passage because obviously I was really praying this week and I was saying, Lord, I really want a good word for this Sunday. And I happened to be reading that morning, Matthew chapter 12. It was a man with a, a withered hand, a deformed hand. And I was reading this, and I just really realized that this man, he was going through a hard time in life. In fact, one of his hands was deformed. And this made life so much more complicated for him. And I wondered how many people this morning in church, there's one thing in your life that's just making your life a lot more complicated. But as I read through this story, I realized that this man had an encounter with Jesus. This man went to a synagogue service. And maybe this man thought it'd be another weekend service. Maybe this man thought it'd just be another sermon, another time of prayer, maybe another time of worship and spending time with other godly people. Maybe this man thought it'd be an ordinary day. But little did this man understand 
that that day would be so different because he was about to encounter Jesus Christ in that synagogue. And not only would he encounter Jesus Christ, but Jesus would take notice of this man. Jesus noticed. And what I find so beautiful about this passage is that the Bible says that in that synagogue were some Pharisees. They were religious people that looked godly and acted godly. And these people, you would look at them and say, man, they got their lives together. And if anyone would get the attention of God, it would be the Pharisees because their lives looked perfect and they were good and religious. But I want you to notice that as this man was in that synagogue, Jesus took notice of him. Because there's one thing I want you to know about God. If you're going through pain, if you're going through a difficult past, if you've made some bad choices, if you're struggling with sin, if you feel worthless, if you feel like your life is over and broken and hopeless and you're helpless, You know that right now Jesus is in this church and you have just gotten his attention. See, God is not looking for the perfect people, though there aren't none. God is not looking for the religious people. God is seeking out those that are broken. God is looking for people that are hopeless. And if that describes you, I guarantee that right now the Lord notices you. And even though this man, his life was in trouble, and even though his hand was withered, and he was going through a lot, God had a plan for his life. And God would use this problem to demonstrate his power. And maybe you're thinking right now, well, God, it doesn't feel like you're doing much in my life. It doesn't feel like God even cares. And pastor, I hear that God loves people and I hear that God works miracles and I hear that God is good, but I think that when it comes to that, God somehow forgot about me. But what if you're in this church today? Just like that man was in the synagogue that weekend and he was about to experience the amazing love and power of Jesus. And you might be thinking this morning, well, pastor, I don't know about me. You don't know what I'm dealing with. You don't know what I'm going through at home. You don't know the things I have to deal with at work. You don't know what I have to deal with in my marriage. You don't know what I'm dealing with with my kids. You don't know the deals I have been handed when it comes to my finances. And I'm dealing with a lot in my health. And I'm dealing with a lot in my mind. I'm dealing with a lot at home. I'm dealing with a lot. And I understand that maybe you're dealing with a lot. But maybe Jesus has it planned for a purpose. You see, just yesterday, early morning, I went fishing with a friend of mine and and my brother Danny. And we went out to the Everglades. And as I was waiting for them to show up, I just sat there noticing 
a huge wildfire. And right now, thousands of acres are burning in the Everglades. And I don't know why we decided to go fishing in that spot. But we were out there. And as I was out there waiting for them, I noticed these huge flames and there were ashes all over the sky and there was ashes all over my car and you can feel and see the destruction of this of this fire and there was this old man next to me and I was making small talk with him earlier and all I said was wow this is terrible that's all I said And this man, he looks at me and he says, well, that all depends how you see it. And he got my attention and I asked him, what do you mean by that? And he said, you know, all those thousands of acres are burning right now. And that fire is going crazy. And that's what everyone sees. But what people don't see is that how that fire is destroying everything. It's actually working out on the behalf of the Everglades. Because that wildfire, though out of control at the moment, and though destroying everything, it's actually also destroying all the plants and bugs that have poison in them, that are destroying the land. And after that fire is done, And after everything is said and done, that land gets restored. It grows bigger and better and stronger than before. And I felt like that was a divine appointment because I realized that that's what God does in our lives. See, like that wildfire, maybe there's things in your life that are out of control. Maybe it feels like everything is being destroyed all around you. And at the moment, it seems terrible because it did for me. And at that moment, it feels like it's hopeless. And you're asking God why, and you're asking God when, and you're asking God it's not fair. Why are you doing this to me? But like that wildfire, this is how God works. Sometimes in your life, at a moment, it doesn't seem like everything's working out for you. And sometimes at a moment, it feels like God is out to get you. And maybe at that moment, it doesn't feel like God loves you because you're going through so much out-of-control destruction. But see, this is how God works sometimes. Sometimes God has to let things get so bad in your life that you reach out to Him. Sometimes God allows things in your life to get so destructive because you will notice how powerful and amazing God is after it's all said and done. And the very thing in your life you're saying right now, it's terrible and hopeless and useless and worthless and I don't know why God is doing this and I don't know why God is allowing this. Maybe God is allowing that in your life because when it's over, you're going to be better than before, stronger than before, and you're going to see the greatness of God and what He has in store for your life. But at the moment... But at the moment, you don't see it. 
That's this man with the withered hand. His whole life was a struggle. But he didn't see what God was about to do in his life. This man struggled with a withered hand. And in the Bible times, whenever you had some physical ailment, people thought that that was actually a curse from God. People thought that when you were, when you were blind or crippled, that somehow you deserved it. That somehow God was mad at you. In fact, Jesus was walking with his disciples and they saw a blind man. And the disciples asked without conviction, they just asked Jesus, hey Jesus, who messed up? Was it this man or his parents that he was born this way? Because that was the mentality of so many people. If you had a physical problem, somehow God gave you that to punish you. If you had this physical problem, people not only saw that as a punishment from God, but people also saw that as a curse. And when you had a physical ailment, everyone would stay away from you. Because they were afraid that they were going to somehow catch the curse that you had from God. So because this man was going through this physical problem, it meant that he was going through a lot of rejection. It meant that emotionally he was damaged. And not only did this man have his physical problem, but the Bible makes it clear. His right hand was the one that was deformed. And in the Bible, your right hand represented blessing. It represented power. You know that with your right hand, you would lay your hand on your child and bless them. And they knew that you loved them because you placed the right hand on them. But this man couldn't do that. So emotionally, this man felt like God hated him. Emotionally, he felt rejected and lonely. He must have felt like a bad husband because of this physical ailment. He couldn't even work. He couldn't even provide for his family. So not only does this man struggle as a man, this man struggles as a husband. Because of this, this man struggled as a father. He not only struggled physically, he struggled emotionally. He not only struggled emotionally, he struggled spiritually, thinking God was mad at him. There's no doubt that this man was literally dealt a bad hand. And because of the bad hand he was dealing with, his whole life was hopeless. And for that moment, he thought that nothing would ever change. And for that moment, he thought that it would never happen. He would never be healed. He would never live the life he thought he should have. For that moment, he thought that God hated him and he turned his back on him. But see, this is what the Bible teaches us. In 2 Corinthians 4.17, it says, For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them all forever. You see, it says we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen 
or things we now will soon be gone. For the things we cannot see will last forever. So let me explain something to you. What Paul is really saying here is that the trouble you're going through in your life right now is just for a moment. And it may not seem like that for you. It may seem like what you're going through right now, you're going to go through this forever. You'll never change. You'll never see God work in your life. Things at home will always stay broken. Your marriage is always going to feel loveless. You'll never be the person you think you should be. You'll never change. You'll always struggle. Things in your life will always be bad. These are things that in our mindset we believe when we're going through a moment of trouble. But see, we cannot make a determination about our lives or even God based on a moment. And maybe right now, you're going through something, you're saying, Pastor, I can't handle this. You're going through something, you're saying, Lord, I don't even know how I'm going to handle this or even why I'm handling this. But I wonder this morning, like this man, you've been dealt a bad hand in life. Like this man, you've been dealt a bad hand. See, the old saying goes, you can't control the hand you're dealt with. And this is a playing card saying, you can't control the hand you've been dealt with in life. And this is a saying that reminds us that there are many circumstances in your life that are completely out of your control. And this is why it's so difficult. Because a lot of us want control of our lives. I want control of my life, Pastor. I want control of my family. I want control of my body and my health and this disease in my body. I want control of my finances. I want control of my future. I'm desperate for control. But see, you have to understand that there are things in your life that are completely and will be completely out of your control. And many in this church today, like this man, you've been dealt a bad hand. You've been dealt a bad hand with your past. Your past has left you broken. Maybe it's broken because of choices you've made. Or maybe you've been dealt a bad hand because of choices other people have made in your past. You've been dealt a bad hand that has left you angry or confused. Or maybe you're dealing with something that doesn't seem fair. You're dealing with something that leaves you questioning what God is doing. 
You're dealing with something that seems like other people should have, not you, because you love God. And God's not always going to make sense. You're not always going to understand what God is doing. Maybe you've been dealt a bad hand with cancer in your body. And that doesn't seem right or that doesn't seem fair or even loving at all. But see, you've been dealing with the disease in your body and you're thinking, well, I don't know why God is doing this. Maybe you're dealing with the loss of a loved one or the loss of a child or the loss of something or someone you thought you'd be with forever. And during this hand that you're working with, this hand that you're dealing with, you're trying to ask yourself, why is God allowing this in my life? You're dealing with a, hand, a bad hand financially. And financially, you just don't know if you're going to make it to next month. You don't know if you're going to pay the rent. You don't know how you're going to put food on the table. And you're dealing with it. You're dealing with a barren womb. You're dealing with an abusive spouse. You're dealing with rebellious children. You're dealing with pain. You're dealing with anxiety. You're dealing with depression. You're dealing with a bad hand in life. And you're saying, I just don't know how I could handle this. And since we're celebrating family today, how many of you know not only can you not control the circumstances in your life sometimes, but you can't control the family you're born with? Don't sound too sad. But you can't control the family God gave you. And you might be saying, well, that was a bad hand. Maybe you're dealing with a bad hand with your family. You've been dealt with an absent father. Or a father that's there physically, but not emotionally. You've been dealt with a mom that should have been a mom. You're dealing with children that are right now acting and making wrong choices. You've survived a terrible childhood, but the pain still haunts you. What do you do when life hands you a bad hand? What if you realize, I, I just can't handle this, but what if you were never meant to? What if the things in your life you can't handle were always designed to be handled by God? But in our pride, we think we got this. We can make it work. I can do something. I'm going to be okay. And what if God is saying right now, you can't handle this. You need me. What do you do when life hands you what you feel you can't handle? I want to share with you one verse that will set you free all at the same time while you're getting mad at God. And when we get, as a family, we get handled a bad hand, 
Or as a pastor, I'm going through one of those weeks that I'm dealt a bad hand. And when I go through things that I don't understand why God is doing it or it seems unfair, this is the verse I always read to myself. And every time I read it, I feel better and angry at the same time. You want to know what that verse is? I bet it gets you angry. But I also bet it makes you happy. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 13. Accept the way God does things. Does that not anger you? Uh, let's, let's suppose you, you, you come meet me for coffee and, and, and you tell me the worst thing you're dealing with right now. And I tell you, hey, just accept it. I probably won't see you in this church again. Because you want me to tell you, God has a plan. God loves you. God's got this. You're going to make it. You're stronger than this. God is going to work all things for good. You watch and see God work. But what if I just tell you, listen, deal with it. And accept the way God does things. This is hard to swallow. When you've been dealt a bad hand in life, you have to accept the way God does things. Maybe God is not going to do it the way you thought he should. Maybe you're not living the life you thought God would give you. Maybe things in your life have not worked out. Maybe you're dealing with broken dreams and promises. You're dealing with a broken heart. You're dealing with all these struggles. But see, God is saying in this passage of Scripture that we need to accept the way He does things. For who can straighten what He has made crooked? And in verse 14, it follows this way. Enjoy prosperity while you can. In other words, God is saying, when life is good and life is happy and you've been dealing with a good hand, enjoy it now. But when hard times strike, it doesn't say if, but when hard times strike, realize that God, notice, realize that both come from God. When life is good, that comes from God. But when life gets hard, you have to learn to accept things the way He does it. Because the Bible is clear that the things that are outside of your control, it just means that they're in the control of God. The things you have no answer for, God does. The things you can't understand, God does. The things that seem like it's not going to work out, God will work it out because God says, I have a plan for your life and I know what I'm doing. And if the hand you've been dealt with is something you can't handle, it's because God right now is handling it as I speak. And this verse was written by a man named Solomon. Now Solomon was the son of King David. You, wanna, you think you have family drama? 
Imagine that your father and your mother met because they had an affair. That was Solomon. His father had an affair with his mother, the mistress. And David was kind of forced to marry her. And his father murdered his mistress's husband. This is like a Lifetime movie in Bible times. There was adultery. There was murder. His half-brother raped his sister. And Solomon, with all the wisdom he had, could not understand why God would allow such pain and suffering. But even Solomon realized, I have to accept the way God does things. Maybe you're dealing with something that is hurting you right now. Maybe you're dealing with something that seems heartless and unfair by God. But if you would just tell yourself, Lord, I don't understand it. I'm hurt by it. But I'll accept it. Knowing that the things I can't control are in your hands. You might live your life with more peace. With more strength. When life deals a bad hand. And you have to deal with it. That's hard. But there are two types of people in this church today. And we all have this in common. Right now, as I speak, right now, you're dealing with something. Now show me your hands if you're dealing with something right now. You're dealing with something you can't control. You're dealing with something that you're losing sleep over. You're dealing with something that has you sad and discouraged. We all have that in common. Even me, as I preach the Word of God to you, I'm dealing with things. Just like you are. And there are two types of people right now in this church. See, the first type of person, when you've been dealt a bad hand, you fold. And I thought, you never thought you'd learn how to play poker in church, but don't judge me. But you're dealt five cards. And it's not what you expected. And you put so much on the table. But you look at what you're handling right now, and it's, it doesn't look good. Isn't that how life looks like sometimes? You put so much on the table, but right now you're dealing with something that it doesn't look good. I always say that even like marriage. Marriage is like cards. You see, 
There's a good-looking man, you treat him like a king when you're dating. And you call her your little queen. You, you fall in love, there's the heart. You say, Pastor, she's the one, there's no one like her. So you save up and you get her the diamond. You, you get married and you realize that you've been dealt a bad hand and now you just want to club him. And you realize, I should have dated Jack. But that's how life is. You put so much into something only to get disappointed. And when people get, some people, see, when they get dealt a bad hand, they fold. See, when you fold, you're telling yourself, there's no coming out of this. I'm out. There's no winning this. I'm done. And there are so many people that that's how they handle the things in life they can't control. And some of you right now, you're folding. You came into this church and you're quitting. And you're thinking there's no winning in life, Pastor. There's no winning in my family. There's no winning with her. There's no winning with these children. There's no winning with these finances. There's no winning. I am done. I give up. I quit. It's over. I can't handle this. So I'm quitting. I'm leaving. I'm signing those divorce papers. I'm just going to abandon the dream. I'm going to stop trying. I'm going to stop believing. I'm going to stop praying for it. I'm just going to stop asking God for it. Because what I'm handling right now, it's over, Pastor. It's hopeless. There's no coming out of this. And you just fold and say, I'm done. And anyone that folds never wins. And if you've come to this church and life has handed you a bad hand and you can't handle it, that's when God says, I always win. And why don't you let me handle it? But so many people just give up. And then there's a second type of person. This person shocks me. Because there are those that have been dealt a bad hand. But they don't fold. They just fake it. They, they put on what's called a poker face. How many of you have a good poker face? You should and you're in church. How can you do that? That's messed up. But see, a lot of people, we have a poker face. And a poker face is a facial expression that hides what's really going on. And can I be honest and real? Some of the best poker faces are in church. Some of you had one this morning. You, you, you were fighting with your spouse all the way to church and then you got down and now you're like, Hey, Pastor, God bless you. How art thou doing? You're yelling at your kids. You're going to church. There's free food today. 
and you're going to love it. And you get off the kids, and now your kids are in the children's room. How great is God? Yes. Church is full of people with great poker faces. You smile. You laugh. Hey, how are you? I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Because you don't want to let people know you want to give up. You, you don't want to know you don't want to let people know you're you're a quitter. So you gotta pretend like everything is great. You, you have to pretend like you're happy. So you gotta post the nice pictures on social media. You gotta smile. You gotta act spiritual, and, and no one even knows because see, cards are two-sided. And on one side is what everyone sees. But on the other side is only what you see. Only what you know. And you've come to this church and everyone sees what you're putting out there. I'm happy. I'm fine. I'm great. Look at me. I'm smiling. Everything's fine. I'm happy. We're happy. Life is good. God is good. I am good. But deep down inside you say, if you only knew what I was handling... If you only know what I've been dealt with. If you only knew how, how I don't feel like I can deal with this anymore and I just want to give up and quit and fold. See, all of us are two-sided. And there's the side we want people to think we are. And then there's the side we really are. And we're two-sided in life. We're two-sided in marriage. We're two-sided in church. We're two-sided in front of people. And this is no way to live. And maybe you've come to this church and, and you love the fact that you're in church today and you're happy and you're smiling. But see, I, I want to know right now, What's on the other side? See, this is a picture of this man in the Bible. This man had two hands. One of them was bad. One of them was good. He was dealing with a bad hand. And remember, in that time, people would reject you for physical ailments. So we know without a doubt that this man is in church only because he's hiding it. In fact, we know he's hiding it because Jesus says, put your hand out, meaning he kept it in. Can you imagine living your life always showing your good hand only? And you don't have to imagine it because this is how so many of us live. This man only showed his good hand to people. So if you would ask this man, hey, how are you? He would say, I'm good. I'm fine. God bless you. I'm happy. I'm great. But he was two-sided. And on the other side, this man put a poker face in that synagogue. 
No one knew that he was dealing with this hand. No one knew that he felt rejected and lonely and fearful. No one knew that he was having financial problems, family problems, marital problems. No one knew that he was sick. No one knew he was depressed. No one knew he wanted to fold. No one knew he was wanting to quit. No one knew what he was going through. This might be you this morning. There are two sides to us. There's two sides to you. And maybe on one side, this is what people see. Hey, on one side, you smile. You got a good hand. On one side, you're a hard worker. You go to work every day, you're on time, you do what needs, you need to do, you, you provide for your family. On one hand, you're a good mom, you're a good dad, you're a good parent. On one hand, you're, you, you love people, you serve people, you're good to people. We all have a good side to us. On one hand, you, you love your spouse, you love your kids. You do your best to be your best. On one side, you're good. So if you would have seen this man and you would have asked him, how are you doing? He would say, oh, I'm good. I'm handling it. But what are you dealing with that no one knows? Because maybe on the other hand, like this man, you have secrets you're ashamed of. And on the other hand, you're saying, well, pastor, I'm a good person. I'm a hard worker. I'm a great spouse. I'm a great father. I'm a great mom. I'm a great person. And, but, but on the other hand, no one knows what I'm dealing with. On the other hand, I got anger that's destroying my family. But on the other hand, I live with constant fear for the future. Pastor, on one hand, I'm good. I, I love my spouse and my family. But on the other hand, sometimes I wake up, I want to fold. On the other hand, no one knows I struggle with lust and pornography and immorality. Oh, you see me in church, and on one hand, I'm serving, and, and I'm singing, and I'm worshiping, and, and I'm smiling, and everything's great. But on the other hand, what you wouldn't know is that my heart feels cold for God. On the other hand, I don't feel close to God. But on the other hand, I feel guilty. I know you see me laughing, but on the other hand, I'm lonely and depressed. And we live two-sided. You've come to church today showing your good side. But as we close, I want you to notice that as this man goes to the synagogue, he has everyone fooled. 
Everyone saying hi to him. And I don't know why he was in that synagogue. Was he searching for God? Was that synagogue having a family fiesta too and, and he wanted food? Was that man in, invited by a family member too? I don't know. But that man came with his good sight showing. And he had everyone fooled. Except Jesus. Verse 10 says this. He noticed a man. He noticed a man. He noticed a man with a deformed hand. You see, when Jesus was in that synagogue and this man was just strutting his good side and laughing and smiling and saying amen and everything's fine, when Jesus took note of this man, what Jesus looked at was not his good hand. Jesus did not care that he was in church. Jesus did not care that he was worshiping. Jesus did not care that he was trying. What Jesus saw this man, Jesus saw what he was dealing with. Jesus saw the pain he had. Jesus saw the sin he was under. Jesus ignored the good side and said directly to the bad side, I see you. I know you want to fold. I know you think life is over. I know you think I'm not going to do anything for you. I know you're mad at me because your whole life you struggled with this hand you were dealt with. But what if you realize today that God, like that wildfire, was working something better than you think? But Jesus took notice of him. If you've come to this church broken, but you're smiling, and you've come to this church hurting, but you're laughing. If you've come to this church broken and lonely, but you're saying, I'm good. Can I tell you right now, Jesus takes notice of you? Because there's nothing that he sees more than a person who's hurting. He sees you. And verse 11, Jesus, he's talking about this man. And notice what he says. Jesus said, if you had a sheep that fell into a well on the Sabbath, wouldn't you work to pull him out? Of course you would. You know that Jesus referred to this man like a sheep that fell into a well or a pit. And the only reason sheep ever fall into a pit or a well is because they left the shepherd and went to go do their own thing. And the Bible says the Lord is our shepherd, but maybe you've been doing life on your own without God. 
And maybe you've been doing life without Jesus. And you've taken ownership of your life, but now you're dealing with a bad hand. And you've ended up in places you thought you'd never be in, like this sheep. You're in a pit you can't get yourself out of, like this sheep. And I want to remind you what the Bible says in Isaiah 53, 6. It says, all of us like sheep have strayed away. Let me tell you what we all have in common. All of us are sinners. All of us have strayed away from God. We have left God's path to follow our own, the Bible says. And maybe that's you today. You're making a path for yourself. And you said to yourself, I can handle this. I'm going to do it without God. I don't need Jesus. I don't need church. I don't need a Bible. I don't need salvation. But right now, like that sheep, you're inside a pit. The Bible says all of us like sheep have strayed. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord has laid on him the sin of us all. You know what the Bible says? That maybe you're here today and you've done your own thing without Jesus. And you feel hopeless like you're in a pit. But you can't tell anyone because you have to let them know you're good, son. You have to let them know you're fine, you're happy, but the truth reveals itself because God sees you and you're not. You're lost, you're hopeless, you're searching for love, you're searching for purpose, you're searching for meaning in life, and Jesus takes notice of you and he says, I see you, I know what you're handling, I love you. You see, Jesus loved you so much, the Bible says that he came to earth to die for your sins on the cross and our sins were put on him. And the Bible says that if anyone believes in Jesus, if you believe that you're a sinner and that Jesus died for your sin and rose again, you will be saved. You see, sin is a pit you cannot get yourself out of. No amount of church or being a good person or anything can get you out of the sin we're in. Because there's another side to us. You say, well, pastor, why would Jesus even die for someone like me? Because notice what he said in verse 12. How much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Yes, the law permits a person to do good on the Sabbath. Can you imagine being this man? You're in church. You're hiding the truth. You're broken. You're lost. And Jesus says you're like a sheep that strayed away. And now you're in a path. And a pit you can't get yourself out of. But this man heard something 
that all of us need to hear from time to time. He values you. Well, Pastor, I don't know about that. You don't know my past. He values you. Well, you don't know what I'm dealing with. He does, and he values you. In spite of your past, in spite of your sin, in spite of your failures, Jesus sees you at your worst. He doesn't see your good side because the Bible says we have no good side. All of us are sinners. All of us have fallen short of God's glory. And today, he's taken notice of you. And in verse 13, Jesus does something that's shocking to this man. He says to the man, hold out your hand. Hold out your hand. And he probably at first showed him the good hand. Jesus said, no, 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 no. The other one. And at that moment, you're asking, well, why would Jesus ask this man to hold out his hand? Couldn't Jesus just speak and heal him? Yes. But by this man holding out his hand, he was telling Jesus publicly, I'm a sinner. I'm cursed. I'm broken. I'm that sheep that strayed. And the Bible says that Jesus asked him. Jesus said, hold out your hand. This man could have said, no, nah, it's okay, maybe next time, maybe later, maybe when I'm older, maybe when I get myself together, Jesus, maybe next time you're around, I, I might do it if I, if I feel like it. You see, that's how a lot of us do with Jesus. Jesus says, today is the day of salvation. Today I want to restore you. Today I want to bring you life. Today I want to save you and bring you new meaning. But see, you keep making excuses. You keep saying later, maybe another time. And what if it's not right? And what if he can't love me? And Jesus just says, respond to me. I can get you out of that pit of sin. Because I don't want you living a life where you're two-sided anymore. And this man, the Bible says, he held out his hand. And it was restored. Like the other one. And that word restored is to be made new again. And that's what Jesus does when you accept him as your Lord and Savior. He makes you new again. He restores the relationship that we broke when we sinned against God. And Jesus takes notice of you and he says, would you reach out to me today? Maybe right now you're saying, God, God, I've been dealt a bad hand. And I don't know if I can handle it. And I feel like I just want to fold. And this man must have gone to church that morning with that mindset. Why am I here? Well, well, what good is, is it going to church if, if nothing's going to happen for me? But that day, this man had an encounter with Jesus. Jesus. 
So whoever you are this morning, you probably came to church for tacos and burritos, but Jesus had another plan in mind. He wants to get you out of that pit. With every head bowed and every eye closed today, you're saying, God, I'm two-sided. On one hand, I act like I, everything's okay. On one hand, I, I just smile and I laugh. On one hand, I pretend everything's fine. But on the other hand, you know, Lord, what I'm handling. On the other hand, you know, Lord, what I'm dealing with. And maybe like this man, you came to church. like a lamb in need of a shepherd. And Jesus can get you out of the worst sin of your life. But like this man, you need to respond to Jesus today. You can agree with God today when the word says you are a sinner. And nothing you can do can get you out of that pit of sin. All of us have sinned, the Bible says, and falling short of God's glory. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, it is by faith that you're saved, not by works. If it were by works, we can get ourselves out of any pit. But see, the fact that the Bible says it's not by works that you're saved, but by faith, lets us know that only Jesus can save us from our sin. Nothing else, no church, no prayer. Not being good because we can't be good. We're two-sided people. And that's why Jesus had to come to die for our sins. He lived a sinless life for you and for I right now. My question is, will you respond to him? And as you sit here in this church with your head bowed and your eye closed today, if you're here today and you're saying, Pastor, can't handle it anymore. And I've been broken. And I've two-sided. And there's one thing I guarantee you cannot handle. That is saving yourself from your sin. Only Jesus can do it and he has done it on the cross. So if you're here today and you're saying, Lord, I'm ready to respond. I've been lost. I've been broken. And I'm a sinner, Lord. And today I want to make you, Jesus, the Lord of my life, right where you're at. Would you put that hand up today so I can see you just pray over your life right now. God bless you. I see your hand there. God bless you. I see your hand. I see your hand back there as well see yours as well. Come on, there's no shame in this. God bless you. I see your hand as well. All across the room today. The Lord loves you. And the Lord values you. He takes notice of you. It's not too late. If this is you today, you're saying, Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus. I'm admitting today that I'm a sinner. 
I'm admitting today that I need Jesus. I can't do this on my own. And I want to live my life for Him. He did what you cannot do. He lived the perfect sinless life so that when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Lord sees you, but He also sees Jesus in you and you're made perfect before God. And if you're here this morning, you're saying, well, Pastor, I am saved. I have trusted in Jesus as my Lord and Savior. But I'm handling things right now that no one knows. I'm dealing with things that make me want to fold. And there's things that I've stopped hoping for and believing for and praying for. But today I'm saying I'm accepting the way God does things. Knowing that He is handling what I cannot. And I also want to pray for you today. If you're handling something, you want to surrender to the Lord, would you put that hand, the bad hand up? Come on, the bad hand. Amen. God bless you. You all around the room today. Let's all stand to our feet today. I want to lead you in this prayer today. For all of you who raised your hands today and saying you want to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, that is the best decision you will ever make. It is the one decision you take with you for the rest of your life in eternity. So that was you today. Would you put that hand back up for a moment so I can pray over you today. God bless you all just pray this with me. Just say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. And I ask you today, Lord, to forgive me of all my sins. And I believe in you, Jesus. I believe you died and rose again. And you are the only way to God the Father in heaven. So today, Lord, I put my faith and my trust in you. Save me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, give God some praise for those people today. Amen. Oh, someone busted out the tambourine. All right. I want to pray for the other people here today. And if that was you and you made that decision, I'd love to meet you after service, even during lunch. Uh, ushers are going to come and hand you a card. You can fill it out and tell me, I received Jesus Christ today, and I would love to meet you and talk with you more. I want to pray with those here today that you're just handling some things that are beyond your control. So right now, I want to pray over your life. And if this is you and you're saying, Pastor, I feel like folding, I'm handling things that are unfair, and I just, I feel broken. You have to trust the Lord like a wildfire. At the moment, it looks bad, but it's doing so much good for you. Would you believe that this morning today? Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for everyone here that have been dealt a bad hand. For people here today that are dealing with things they can't handle. And in the room today, Lord, there's anxiety, there's depression, there's fear. 
there's problem families, there's problem marriages, there's problem children right now. In the room, there are financial crises that scare us. Choices we don't know what to do and we have to make. Father, in the room, there are broken dreams and prayers that have not been asked in a while. So I pray you give us the strength not to fold. And Lord, as we celebrate life and we celebrate family today, would you take this moment to remind us like a wildfire? It's just for a moment. But good is coming from you. And help us, Lord, to accept the way you do things. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Come on, guys. Give God some prompt applause. Amen.